Good morning and welcome to Jew in the City Speaks with your host, Allison Josephs, also known as Jew in the City. I hope you have had a wonderful Tishrei that your holidays are going very nicely right now. Tishrei is generally a solemn time um, when we're sort of assessing our lives, thinking about life and death, uh, doing this in the middle of the pandemic with, uh, you know, the 20th anniversary of 9-11 with all sorts of natural disasters. This has been a solemn Tishrei for sure. Um, and just to mix things up a little bit, we thought we'd bring some comedy into the middle of Tishrei. Um, we've had him here before. His name is Ashley Blaker. He's a professional comedian, Bal Chuva. Um, it's pretty exciting. I know he's had some tours before, and now he actually has a show with the BBC. Um, it's called Ashley Blaker and 6.5 Children. I think I got that wrong. He will correct me in a moment. Ashley, thanks so much for uh, for coming on and joining us today. What is the show again? Did I get it correct? Uh, nearly, nearly. I think you replaced the colon with an and. It's just called, the, the colon is silent though. So it's just Ashley Blaker, 6.5 Children. But you know what? You're close that. enough. I think that's close Ashley enough. Ashley Blaker and then pause, 6.5. You know, we're, exactly. Ashley Blaker, 6.5 Children. That's all it is. I mean, you'll add it when you're doing the video in a few days' time. You can add that. Have it in mind. Have it in exactly. mind that you got it wrong, and it's fine. I know. It's like I practice it. I practice, and then, like, in that moment of truth. Um, you know, it's exactly, it. exactly. Um, so I actually, before uh, before we brought you on, I got a chance to listen. It's quite funny. Um, I assume BBC only brings on the best people. So I wanted to give our listeners a chance to listen to uh, this show, Ashley Blaker, 6.5 Children. Um, which is on the BBC now, and it, the show started in July. So we're going to bring you a clip of that uh, episode and episode right now. 2004. Congratulations, Mr. and Mrs. Blaker. It's a baby boy. 2005. Oh, congratulations. It's another boy. 2007. Well done, Mrs. Blaker. It's yet another boy. 2010. Don't tell me. It's a baby boy. Yep. 2012. I hereby declare you legal guardians of your adopted daughter. Many congratulations. 2014. Congratulations, Mr. and Mrs. Blaker. It's a girl. Is this your first child? Um, not quite. We Ashley Blaker presents 6.5 Children, Episode 4, Lockdown. Hello, my name's Ashley Blaker, and this episode of 6.5 Children is all about parenting during coronavirus. Remember that? It might have passed you by. And if you're a child listening to a repeat of this in 75 years' time, this episode might explain why your grandparents can't add up and wouldn't know an oxbow lake if it hit them in the face. It goes without saying that the COVID pandemic was a hard time for everyone. NHS staff, shop owners, anyone with no interest in starting a podcast. From my perspective, I can tell you at a time of enforced lockdown, having six children suddenly seemed like it was a bad idea. Because whereas your quarantine probably sounded like this, mostly quiet, maybe the TV or radio on in the background, Mine sounded more like this. I couldn't even work without being interrupted with... Tell Shruti it's my turn on the Xbox. Tell Simi it's my turn on the Xbox. Can I have a drink? Transfer me £10. Sim today. Simi and Shruti have broken the Xbox. And obviously it was tough being stuck in the house together, not least because with eight of us here, we permanently had an illegal social gathering. 
When we went out for one of our daily walks, I had angry reactions from people who thought I was running some kind of rogue school trip. And yet going out on my own could be even worse. When I went to the supermarket alone, people got very suspicious when they saw how full my shopping trolley was. A woman shouted at me. Is all that food really necessary? The shelves are empty due to selfish people like you panic buying. I wouldn't mind, but my children are such terrible eaters, I was probably only buying crisps. I remember the shops running low on bread and pasta. I don't remember reading about a national shortage of monster munch. That was really funny. Um, I, I really love the, uh, it's so relatable, um, especially as a Orthodox woman um, having a large family doing Corona. There was a part up ahead, I wasn't sure if we we're gonna have it or not, where your family uh, does Hamilton. Um, that part really, I started laughing out loud for that part. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, so that, so that was really well done. Thank you so much. That, that was actually from episode four. Yeah, I wasn't sure what bit you were going to uh, play. That was uh, a, a whole episode about coronavirus. So the, all the episodes have got different themes. There's about there's one episode about um, raising children with special needs. Uh, we have several children with uh, special needs. That's, it's something that's very relatable, particularly to parents in similar situations. There's an episode that's a story about how we adopted a child. So they've all got a different theme. But uh, for sure, it is actually, you know, it's aimed at everyone, obviously. But the whole reason, obviously, we have a large family to begin with is because of being Orthodox Jews, having, you know, what is, I mean, to be honest, six children, we have six children, that's a bit below average. That's the point. You've got to, you know, gotta, uh, you know uh, kind of uh, do a little better. Um, exactly. In the real world, that's a lot of children. Right. I know we have four and I feel like two girls and two boys is sort of the last number that's almost explainable. Um, when I was pregnant with my fourth, I was in a hair salon and a woman saw my belly and she said, what number is that? And I said four. And she said, um, you know, isn't that one too many? And I thought maybe you were one too many. Um, but yes, it's definitely a larger family is uh, shocking to people. I want to hear how the show came about um, because, you know, lots of people um, hosting the show wanted their own show at different points of their lives or saw themselves as actually, I think that stand up comedy is my, um, it will be my side gig. Like when I retire or maybe on the side, I plan to do it at some point. It could be because I watched too many episodes of uh, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel's. Um, but how did this show come about? Um, I know that you, um, your story was sort of you were in comedy, you became from, and then you found a way to do the two together. So is this That's your right, yeah. No, well, this show came about, I mean, I yeah, because I haven't actually been performing stand-up that long, in like five, six, six years. But I was doing, the first time I did, um, I mean, in a, you know, real in-brief story of my stand-up was I started doing stand-up comedy mainly for Jewish audiences, then I thought, oh, it'd be interesting to kind of take it out of that and to do it for everyone. And I had another show on the BBC called um, Ashley Blaker's Goyish Guide to Judaism. But then I really wanted to move away from, like, talking about that subject in such an explicit way. And uh, I was doing, when I did, the, I did the Edinburgh Festival, which is a very large mainstream comedy festival a few years ago, and, like, playing to non-Jewish audiences every day. And I did this show called Ashley Blaker Observant Jew. See, I like my colons, Ashley Blaker colon Observant Jew. And uh, I mentioned in just in passing during the show, I mentioned I have six children, which I just assume, like, if I tell you I've got six children, you just go, oh, OK, fine, whatever. Yeah. 
when I performed for non-cues, I'd say to children, and I could hear this audible, like people really, like an intake of breath, people couldn't believe it. And it struck me that like, wow, that's, I didn't, I kind of have taken it for granted. I've lived in this world too long that I've just accepted that standard. And I thought there must be something, this should be something to talk about. This is definitely, a, there's a show in this to talk about the, the pros and cons, let's face it, of having a larger family. And uh, yeah, and the BBC uh, uh, commissioned a series of it. And then, and then as I started writing it, I then actually moved away from just talking about the, the, the fun of the large family, but actually other interesting aspects of our life. And obviously, we just talked about coronavirus. It's been such a unique period for parenting some things that's also um, very relatable. I mean, really, if we can say anything other than this tragedy that's killed hundreds of thousands of people, it does have millions of people. It does have a lot of uh, comedic uh, moments there. Um, you know, I'm thinking like, obviously anti-Semitism has been up all over the world. I saw some pretty not nice videos out of, you know, London, I mean, but also all over the US and all over the world. Mm. Is there like, how, how does this work with you being so outwardly Jewish um, in a time that we're living in right now? I mm. thought, um, I, I've got to be honest. I've never, I, I've been, you know, thank God, I've been very lucky in that regard. I've really never had, um, you know, I know some people talk about this and, and, and you know, not to uh, dismiss their experiences if that's what's happened to them. But I've been very lucky. Thank God I, I have performed big shows with my face looking very Jewish and photos with me in a big black hat and a kippah and sitsis and all the rest of it. And, you know, on Broadway, but all over Edinburgh or what have you. And I've never seen them graffitied. I've never seen a swastika drawn on my face. I've always kind of wondered if that would happen. Never has done, thank God. Um, when these shows were airing, I looked on Twitter and I never saw a single uh, anti-Semitic thing. Never. Uh, and funny enough, I saw like I, yeah, like a few things. Sometimes someone would say something. Yeah. I saw a couple of comments. There was an episode where I mentioned in passing a child's circumcision, and I saw that's that's a subject that gets some people really worked up. It really does. And yeah. someone said to me, "Oh, anti-Semites," and I said, "You know what? I don't want to. I don't want to be one of those people that sees anti-Semitism everywhere." I'll call it out when I see it, but this actually isn't. This is just, there are some nutcases who like, that's their thing. That's the thing that they really bang on about. They, you know, oh, you're doing, you're mutilating your child and not giving them a choice. I, I don't think that's necessarily anti-Semitism. That's just the thing they, you know. So um, I, I thank God I've really, I, I, what can I say? I, I've been very lucky in that regard. I mean, the comments we've gotten have been things like, you know, Hitler should have finished off his job. I'm waiting with the Louisville slugger till the next time that it's legal. So um, definitely gotten more, yeah. Uh, yeah, some more explicit stuff. But that's great if, if I don't know. I, yeah, I really haven't. And uh, say I had a show called Actually Baker's Goyish Guide to Judaism. That's quite like that's a title that you could imagine having um, attracting some uh, attention, unwanted attention. No, never, never had that. Um, and now how about like how Jewish it is? Because, you know, as someone who spent a lot of time looking at Orthodox portrayals in the media and wondering, you know, it seems to me like we have exactly one sort of produced show, which is Schissel, like, you know, more than just audio. Um, that hmm. has, and my opinion of Schissel is that it's not even sort of a wholly positive portrayal because 
there's a lot of dysfunction. Obviously, you know, soap operas need dysfunction. But yeah. Being sort of the most insular and xenophobic, you know, one of them in the world within the range yeah. of loss can be. And you're also seeing um, sort of every dysfunctional situation happening at once to make TV interesting. And yet, because we're humanized, um, Schtissel is sort of this special thing that people like to mm. say. Well, well I, no, I, I think that's right. I think that's a good thing. I mean, one of the things that I really like about 6.5 Children is it's it's a sh- it's not about being Jewish. It's not. And 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 I was I was on TV. It was about four four or four years ago. I was on TV. Um, on a comedy show, and I told this story. I won't repeat it now, but a, a quite a scatological story involving a, a bathroom and a tube of Pringles. And this very orthodox guy came up to me in shul, who I didn't imagine even had a TV, but I think he'd seen it online. And he said he absolutely loved it. And I said, "Really? I'm amazed. I'm absolutely amazed. I would have thought you'd have hated that." And he said, "No. You know, you know what I really loved about it?" He said. I cannot think of any time I've ever seen someone who looked like an Orthodox Jew on TV talking about something that wasn't Judaism. You know, if you see a a Jew on TV, they're either talking about Judaism or it's a documentary about how strange the Orthodox world is or Or how they left left the Orthodox world or whatever. It's that kind of that kind of minor sort of life type thing. Or, or it's, um, yeah, or, or it's a, a feature about anti-Semitism. You don't see Orthodox Jews that often, certainly not in the UK, just, you know, on a show talking about sport or on a show talking about politics, just whatever stuff. And I think, so that's what I like. I, I think that is great. So Schtissel in that regard, I suppose, you know, look, it's, but, it, but it's set in Israel. So that's, you kind of like go, well, that's what you expect to see. But when they do the American version, I mean, that's, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's interesting slices into life, but it's not, it's drama. It's not real people. I mean, that's the other thing. Right. But it's the drama. most humanized we've ever seen, but obviously being a real human, just living your life and also being Jewish is about as real as it gets. And I mean, I really, you know, there was a, a photo series that was done a number of years ago. I don't know where these photographers find sort of the most extreme examples, but they had, I'm trying to think of what they had. They had pictures of like of Hasidim, like whipping each other and like lying in like dug out holes, like the most sort of obscure, like hugum and traditions that I've never heard of. No one that I know has ever done. And I was thinking like, what about just showing some Hasidic kids just on a swing, like licking a cone of ice cream, just doing a thing that all human beings love to do um, and also being Hasidic. Um, and it's so frustrating to me that I feel like so infrequently we get depicted as being anything that anyone else can relate to. So it's really, it's wonderful. Was it a big process to get this show pitched? Was this a long time that you were, you know, kind of shopping it around or? No, no, uh, really not at all, actually. Uh, it, it got, it, 6.5 children got commissioned very easily and quickly. I What happened was that I was going to be doing a live show, which I never ended up even starting writing, but it was going to be my show in Edinburgh in uh, 2020. And then uh, the pandemic came along in like March. I realized I was ready by the end of February. I kind of thought uh, th- this isn't going to happen. And we pitched it to the BBC as a series and, and they bought it really off a couple of paragraphs. So uh, paragraphs on a piece of paper, and I really had no idea exactly what it was even going to be. So no, thank God it was it, it's it's sailed through. Really want to do it on TV now as well, and 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 uh, we're talking about a book as well, and all those things are whole processes. And I'm doing a tour, a, a tour, a live show 
from next uh, May, like 30 dates in the UK, and maybe we'll come to America at some point. So, you know, it, it, all these things then have their take time. I mean, that, that's the thing. It's, it's a slow process. It's a slow business. People take their time. But no, sometimes, but you know, you can get lucky. You had some you had some pretty quick successes in terms of even your yeah, yeah. career has not been for so long and you kind of jumped in and um and had some great successes. Oh no, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah. What kind of what kind of feedback are you getting from the viewers from out from non-Orthodox Jews, from non-Jews? Um anything, you know, sort of oh this show, this show for six point five children has been unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. Like beyond anything I could have imagined. I really was a bit worried. I wasn't sure. It's an unusual show. I mean, obviously listeners, viewers, what have you can, can go and uh, check it out. And it's really easy to find on the BBC website. Just Google Ashton Blaker, Serious One Five Children, and you can decide for yourself. But uh, as you heard on that little clip uh, that we just played, it it doesn't have an audience. And and um, when you're, and it, but it's kind of stand up, but also involves my children. And, and so it's not really like anything else. And, Shows when you don't have audiences, I, I, I kind of, like, it's hard sometimes. It's like, you kind of go, oh, is this meant to be funny? Is this comedy? Is it? So you never know what it's going to be like. I, I had no idea. I wrote it all new. And then plus, yeah, I just didn't know. And then there were things like I'm talking about, as I said, special needs children, stuff like that. I was worried our parents of other special needs children going to go, oh, well, I don't agree with this. You know, people, people are so angry at the moment. People get angry about everything. Everything. You know, people get angry at everything. So I was really worried. I'm not joking. I've had, apart from my, I mentioned those circumcision comments, I can barely remember a single bad comment. I you know, saw so many. I was looking on Twitter and I couldn't believe uh, the, the comments and also uh, and the number of tweets about it. But also big organizations like uh, like Mencap, which is the, the largest UK-based uh, charity for the mentally handicapped, um, Adoption UK, First for Adoption, Autism Awareness, uh, Big America, like the Autism Society in America, big charities that shared the show and, yeah. and said, you've got to hear this show. And so, yeah, it, I was really blown away and really grateful that it had such an amazing response. Is anyone telling you anything sort of vis-a-vis -vis your, your Judaism or your orthodoxy that they were surprised in any way? Or is it the lack of complaining that you think is just a good sign? Uh, no, people, well, no, but this is the thing. I, 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 would, I would kind of hoping in a way that people wouldn't dwell on the Judaism. And it's always rather frustrating when there were a few press, you know what, or articles, I'm sure you, you know, well, I know you talk, a, 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 your thing, you know, you talk a lot about looking at articles about Jews and Judaism, what have you. And maybe you, it's funny, you kind of are looking and, and are interested when there are positive articles about Orthodox Jews. But one of the things that, as, as an Orthodox Jew, someone who gets written about all the time, one of the things that irritates me is actually when they write too much about me being Orthodox Jew. I, I, I kind of think, well, it's a bit lazy. It's, it's, there was like, I saw a few features where that's not what the show's about. And I, I kind of felt like you get pigeonholed. It's, it's a bit like, um, you know, writing about a black comedian just being black or, you know, that it, if that's what they talk about, you know, if that's the thing they're talking about. But if it's not, then why are you talking about it? It, it doesn't, it's, it's kind of weird. You don't like Chris Rock, I don't know, like, you know, or you don't have to refer to him as a black man every time you talk about him. And that's not, you know, and I, I find that kind of irritating. 
so I was kind of no, you you wanted to be um, on the merit, on the talent, on the content. Well, exactly. Yeah, you want to be. You want to be. The, the fact that you're Jewish is, is almost irrelevant and, and that's as it should be. And so, yeah, so it was great that actually all the, the social media, the, the kind of response we had from the listeners, it was the number one show, actually, a stand-up show on, on, B- on the BBC website. And so it was hugely popular. And uh, I, I saw the words Jewish or insight into Judaism or Jewish family very, very infrequently. Um, it's mentioned a little bit in the first episode, because I kind of felt like I, I felt that I kind of had to explain why we have six children. So I was explaining about the context of becoming an Orthodox Jew and that everyone seemed to be having children and this kind of competitiveness that you kind of want to, you want to, I was also talking about meal. I'm sure they do this in your neighborhood, uh, in your community, like you have a baby and, and everyone buys you meal that makes meals for two weeks for you. You know, they have like a, they do that in your show, Alison. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. The food. I mean, when we've had children, the food, but it's quite competitive. People are like trying to outdo each other. They don't think it's like chicken and rice. They're bringing you these like cordon bleu um, gastronomical feasts every night. So it's kind of like no wonder everyone wants to keep having babies. This is the best I've ever eaten. You right. just want to keep you want to keep having children in order to have those meals. So, um, you know, so I talk a little bit about that in the first episode. But thereafter, I think, as I was saying about it's just interesting when you have a show that's just the Judaism is so lightly light touch. So um, I mentioned in that episode about uh, homeschooling the children. I mentioned the fact they go to a Jewish school. It, 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 there's an episode, the one about special children. I make, I tell an anecdote about my eldest son's bar mitzvah, but it's stuff like that. It's just, that's as it should be. It's like, yeah, you might as well be talking about, I think you want to be seen as, you know, a great comedian and not great for a Jewish exactly. comedian. Orthodox. Yes, exactly. all that. But I will say one more thing, because there is this constant repetition of the negativity of only showing the worst stories, the people trying to escape the most dysfunctional examples. What ends up happening is that people see orthodoxy as a, just a dysfunctional and abusive system, as opposed to seeing all the normalcy and love and positivity. And so like, I think we're still having firsts as a community. You know, we uh, just a few couple months ago, there were two Orthodox kids that were drafted to, you know, the ML. I saw that, yeah, yeah. Meaning we have, you know, there's still industries like where we're not really so welcome. So although like the Jewish community in general has had great successes after, you know, hundreds or thousands of years of being chased around and not being allowed to own land or vote, different things like that. Although the Jewish community at this point is quite comfortable in all sorts of positions to be an observant Jew, to have a company work around your schedule or an organization in entertainment, media, you know, sports, there's still a lot of places where there's not so much space for us. Uh, 100%. Only mentioned for the negative. And I think it really does create in people's minds um, just, again, sort of the symbol of the Jew as this awful thing. So I totally hear that you don't want to, you know, sort of be, you know, good for an Orthodox Jew. You want to just be, you know, seen as a. Just oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't mean so much good for an Orthodox Jew. I think sometimes it, it, it's like you, you just, you just don't want to be patient. It's just, you know, it, it, I don't think every, you don't need to, I don't need to, I don't feel I need to be called uh, Orthodox Jewish comedian. Someone said to me, I, one of the newspapers, a big publication here, Said, you know, how do you want to be you described? Also, it's Jewish comedian. Should we call you this? Should we? I said, no, comedian. A comedian has to be maker. You don't right. say black comedian Chris Rock. You say comedian Chris Rock. I, I'm not, you know. 
Right. The, That's I, what I mean. Sorry, though, the problem is that if a person, God forbid, is a, a thief or a, an abuser, they will find a way to stick in the word orthodox there. That's yeah, yeah. that. And again, this is what our nonprofit is about. It's because they find if it was never mentioned and it was, you know, just um, a comedian or just, you know, uh, a I person hear, committing a crime and it wasn't mentioned, then it wouldn't be either way. No, I hear, so I hear. many hit pieces and so much I hear. Um, on that way that I, I think any time that it does get mentioned. I hear. It's not a bad thing. So I heard your family, or at least I think they were your family in the show. Are they actually acting in the show or do you have actors portraying your family? No, 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 no. They are my real. So actually my wife is uh, not uh, Gemma. That isn't her. She, she, I, I, as the show, the idea was to use my real family. And as I wrote the show, her role got bigger and bigger. And I felt that it probably needed someone who had a bit more comedy chops about them in terms of uh, performing and she was very happy not to be in it but my real children appear in it all six of them including my daughter with down syndrome is in it so th that's their real the real children and they had a lot of fun making it and they're in the photos they've uh, enjoyed their little moment of their brush with fame and who knows maybe i'd like to i'd like what i'm really like to do is actually a tv version also with the real family and it would be a kind of very well i suppose a bit like my unorthodox life but it could be kind of complete um other side of it so oh, that would be amazing well god willing i mean you seem to be on a roll with uh you know pitching these shows and getting them picked up so we would certainly i mean that would be i think just great for you know comedy and humanity but certainly also just an extra positive thing for our community um just only a couple of minutes left where do you get the inspiration from um where do these i mean i assume your everyday life but are you just walking around with a pad and pencil all the yeah time? no well the you'd love to but the trouble was this was this series was about like the last yay many years of my life and I, there i it took a lot of the, the writing it wasn't that hard it was about trying to remember stuff because had I spent the last, my eldest son is 17. If I'd spent the last 17 years walking around with a piece of paper and a pen, that would have been fine. But I didn't know this was ever going to happen. So that's the trouble. So it was about really trying to remember every anecdote, every, every funny story. Uh, as I say, one episode is about adopting a child, which was over 10 years ago. Well, uh, yeah, 11 years ago now. And I trying to remember. I was having to go through all my old emails and trying to remember stuff. So it, it the, the material came quite quickly, but just trying to remember it all, trying to remember the stuff that's happened to me. And you writing it all, or are you bringing concepts to a team? And no, um, no, I'm writing it all on my own. So. All right. Well, um, like I said, I, it's really, uh, I mean, it's a very funny show from the bit that I listened to. Thank I you. encourage our audience to hear, go to BBC and look up Ashley Blager, 6.5 children. See, I just did Chuba right there. That's what Tishrae is all about. Very good. Um, <laughs> and I just did 6.5 children. Um, we really wish you a lot of Hatzlafa. Um, thank you. Thank you. Finding like clean comedy, just something that the whole family can listen to. There's so much garbage that's like, you know, in media now that your kids in the room and you're like, oh God, turn that off right now. So, I mean, this is just good, clean family fun. Thank you. And, um, and you're, you're doing a good one for, for, you know, the members of the tribe. So if you can just stick that little one line in and then do the rest about all your talent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but um, we wish, yeah, we wish you a lot of Hatzlacha and please come Thank back with more amazing updates. I will do. Thank you. Thanks so much, Jonathan. Great. Shana Tova. Thank you.
Okay, and thanks so much for listening. You can catch us same time, same place next week. Bye-bye.